Hello and welcome to the St Mark's podcast. Whether you regularly join us at church on Sundays or you're joining us for the very first time, we hope that this week's talk inspires you and draws you closer to Jesus. Hello and thanks for listening to our podcast. My name is Matt, I am the vicar at St Mark's and we're just taking a little pause for two weeks whilst we stand with our nation during a time of national mourning for our late Queen Elizabeth and the inspiration that she's been to our nation and across the nations. I think we have a part to play as a church and as individuals for our community to offer a voice of hope and a Christian presence in such a time as this. So we're going to take a couple of weeks to look at some themes around the Queen's leadership that we can learn from. And today I want to talk just a little about three characteristics of a godly leader that we all need. Now you might be thinking, well, why do I need this? I'm not a leader. I'm just me doing my own thing, keeping myself to myself. Well, breaking news, you are a leader. It's said that leadership is influence. Sociologists estimate that even the most isolated individual will influence over 10,000 other people during his or her lifetime. Now, unfortunately for my kids, they are already being heavily influenced by my terrible sense of humour, and I fear it's too late to undo some of the damage. But maybe you've seen a more positive influence in those around you. I mean, who are those people who have left a lasting impression on your life? You know, they're just quality people. I think one of the reasons people feel such an attachment to the Queen is because she reminds them of their grandmothers and their great-grandmothers. My grandmother, Nanny, as we called her, was born in the same year, 1927, and she looked like the Queen. I guess probably because they were the fashions of the day. But they both probably ate pear drops and smelt of talcum powder and palmer violets. But my nanny was an influencer too. She loved her grandchildren and we loved her. But she was never someone who was out there, someone who was loud. She was just there in the background being her. And she loved Jesus too. So in this sense, people are going to be influenced and potentially led by your example, either for good or for ill. And as I look at my newsfeed on my phone, as I'm scrolling through, as I'm sure you've done over these last few days, among the fitting tributes, there are stories of people who have been profoundly influenced by the example of the late Queen Elizabeth. But she wasn't an influencer in the sense that she made herself into that role. There existed also a calling by God to influence others. She said this, she said, I've not chosen this office for myself. He has, God, appointed me to it. Because he leads, I may follow in complete trust. To lead with influence is an enormous privilege, but it comes with great responsibility. So I guess the question is, the question for you is this, what sort of leader do you want to be? I'm going to draw out three characteristics for us of Queen Elizabeth's leadership that have not yet been picked out by the mainstream press or media, not that I've seen anyway. And the reason for this, I believe, is because they are far too wonderful and profound, and yet so simple that they're only revealed to us by the impression of the Holy Spirit on our lives. So with that in mind, and the reason I wanted to do this, 
is because these three profound characteristics of a godly leader would change us for good and make us exceptional and godly leaders in our world today. So here we go. Number one, the first characteristic of a godly leader is this, love. And more specifically, knowing that you are loved by Jesus. The Queen said this, I have been and remain very grateful to God for his steadfast love. She goes on, I have indeed seen his faithfulness. Reminds me of Psalm 27 verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So how do we know that we're loved by Jesus? Well, one way, quite simply, is that the Bible tells us we are. Many times over, in fact, there are over 550 explicit text references to God's love in the scriptures. Take just one. 1 John chapter 3, it says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Jesus said to himself in his earthly ministry, I've called you friends, John 15, 15. These attributes of love, they're not just empty words, they're deeply relational. They're worlds away from the endeavour of religious striving, as if we could earn God's approval. You can't do that. God doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to be a religious person. He's waiting to welcome you as his child to call you friend. And she, the queen, she knew that. You know, if you're a Christian or you'd like to become a Christian, what you have most in common with Queen Elizabeth is that you too are a child of God. That is our identity, our status as Christians. And you too are a friend of Jesus Christ. And that puts us on a level playing field. However, it's one thing to believe, in your heart even, that God's love for you is steadfast. Most of us, me included, the Queen included, no doubt, need also to experience it. And we can experience God's love for us. But what's important is that we need to move on from simply believing in our head and start doing the stuff. Start doing life with Jesus. Start living in his grace, knowing that we're free. You know, I've met some lovely church-going people, sweet, sweet people, but some without any real experience of a relationship with God. And it shows they're faithful church attendees. They're on the rotors. They chip into the plate. But Jesus doesn't seem to make any difference in their day-to-day lives because they haven't surrendered to him and trusted him completely with their lives. Now, I never knew the Queen personally. I'd never met her. But I could see in her character that there seemed to be something consistent with the Christian life. And how does it show? How do we know? There's this radiance of love, this inexpressible joy, a deep, deep peace, and this contentment. The attributes people are talking about in the news right now, politicians, celebrities, the public, they're side effects of the Christian life, but they flow from a foundational truth. She was loved by our Heavenly Father. She said this, God has taken me into his peace and I praise him for his being, for who he is, for his goodness, for his enabling power, the certainty of his unfailing love. Sometimes we can doubt that unfailing love still 
And that's pretty normal. But let me ask the question again for a second time. How can we truly know that Jesus loves us? The proof of Jesus loving us is total. We can be 100% confident of it because he died for us and he gave us his Holy Spirit as a guarantee of what is to come. 2 Corinthians 1. He can do no more than that. Romans 5, 8 puts it like this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. It cannot be more total. And his love for us was affirmed in the resurrection. He died so that we might have life and rise with him in glory. Another question for you. Do you believe in the resurrection? To believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to be 100% confident that you are loved by God because he has made a way for you to be in relationship with the living God. So a great leader knows that they are loved by Jesus. The second characteristic of a godly leader is this, love. More specifically, loving Jesus in return. I want to look at Peter's relationship with Jesus in the scriptures for just a moment. We're going to be in John chapter 21. Simon Peter, an unschooled fisherman come disciple of Jesus, has denied knowing him three times during Jesus' pre-crucifixion trial. And after Jesus has died and been buried... Peter sort of returns to his old life of fishing as if Jesus wasn't coming back. I guess he sort of missed the memo on that one. And we pick up at this awkward moment, I think, where they meet on the beach for a barbecue. Peter and the resurrected Jesus. So it's John chapter 21, 15 to 19. Jesus reinstates Peter. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now he's possibly talking about his boats, maybe his nets, maybe even the other disciples. And Peter's response? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Three denials on Peter's part and three times Peter's asked by Jesus, do you love me? I mean, seriously, how important is Jesus in Peter's life? More important than his nets? More than his other friends? More than his own life even? which he would go on to lose for Jesus' sake. But it's not simply a matter of importance, how important, whereabouts does Jesus come in Peter's life. It's about a steadfast and foundational love. It's like Jesus is saying 
that it begins, it, it all begins by loving me. Not that Jesus needs our love. Jesus isn't needy. But because our love for Jesus is like a key that unlocks our very purpose. You know, if you want to know who you are, really who you are, your purpose, your identity, love Jesus. Do we love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? In a world where our nets are looking tired and insecure, where money's volatile, politics lack integrity, bad news seems to be the norm. Do you love Jesus? I found myself recently becoming slightly obsessive about reading our home energy usage on the bulb app. Can we use less this month than last? Can I accrue credit this month? You know, it's just one way that I'm sort of trying to build a foundation for my life to seem kind of in control. And it seems like a silly example, but I start to do it in other areas of my life too. I can have this sort of scarcity mindset about money. I can end up trying to secure my identity in the world, looking around at the ideologies of the day, trying to make sense of who I am. And still, Jesus calls out to me, he says, Matt, do you love me? Last week, Liz Truss, Prime Minister, said of the Queen, she was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Meanwhile, for the Queen, Jesus was the rock on which her life was built. That's a good foundation for you and for me too. So many of us, like Peter, feel insecure as if we have no solid foundation. We're swayed by the political and financial climate, by trends in the world around us. But you don't need to worry about who you are, whether you're enough, what tomorrow will bring. Just worry about loving Jesus and you'll work out who you are and what you should be doing from there. So a great leader loves Jesus. And the third characteristic of a godly leader is this, love. Love other people. Queen Elizabeth, on her 21st birthday in 1947, made this vow. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. She signed off, your servant which she continued to do to the end. You know, when we know we're loved by Jesus, and when we choose to love him in return, we share the heart and the compassion of God. We see the world around us through the eyes of Jesus. We see people in circumstances through a new lens, through a baptised lens. This is what makes it possible to love and serve others. You know, if we try and do it in our own strength, try and love people, we're going to end up selecting the people that are just easy to love. And even then, we get kind of bored and sidetracked. But we can love others because of the spirit at work in our lives. The queen was known as the servant queen because her leader and influencer was Jesus, who is the servant king. Philippians 2, 5 to 8, reminds us and tells us to have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If we want to be his friends, then we are to serve alongside him. And that's the beauty of being in 
a relationship, that friendship with God. We serve alongside him. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be talking more about what we can do to serve as the church, as we gather and as we scatter. But let's consider today, consider today right where you are and over this next week and the week ahead, how you, how I, how we might start to love in our leadership so that people will encounter the love of God, discover a greater life in Jesus and go in the power of the Spirit to see a greater Grimsby. So Jesus calls us to godly leadership. The three characteristics of a godly leader are love, love and love. Love and leadership go hand in hand. You may well be thinking, is that it? That's hardly profound. Well, maybe not to you, but to our world, that is mind boggling. And today, the world may well be a little more attentive with softer hearts and open hearts to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was the Queen's anchor and role model, as indeed he is for every Christian today. There are doors opening, friends, to love others and to share the gospel in natural ways. You have influence because you are you, because you are a leader, because you are loved by Jesus, because you love Jesus and because you love people. The greatest question for each of us today is whether we're going to use our leadership influence for good and for the sake of his kingdom. How we do that is what we work out as we go from here. But let's also ask the Holy Spirit to inspire and equip us to do that now. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that we can know you because of your Son. Thank you, Jesus, that you died to set us free from all that separates us from our Heavenly Father. Thank you that you gave us your Holy Spirit as a guarantee of what is to come. Thank you that we can have confidence in the resurrection and confidence that we are loved. And the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us afresh to affirm in us the love you have for us. Give us the desire to love you, to trust you with our lives. Give us the compassion to love others, as our Queen has done for so many years. And give us obedience to walk with you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, Amen.